Welcome to Working It Out, the Art Slant podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Dykman, and my guest this week is artist and experimental filmmaker, Roya Akbari. In this week's episode, Akbari brought up important issues around censorship and the politics of what is allowed to be shown and where. Akbari's experimental films and installations feel very intimate and personal, but they do withdraw just at the edge of explicit to allow space for the audience to enter the work. Akbari doesn't consider audience during her process, but rather addresses either an aspect of herself or in the case of her film, Only Image Remains, the audience addressed is all of Iranian cinema. Thanks for tuning in again to Working It Out. Join me now with Roya Akbari. Welcome to Working It Out. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much, uh, Julian, for having me here. It's great that uh, you always have a conversation at your studio and now you're sharing with audience through your podcast. <laughs> yes, in our very warm studio. <laughs> it's quite hot here. Um, so, Roya, do you think that art requires an audience? Um, I think it's a kind of question that you cannot provide yes and no. Like, um, first I'm thinking before thinking about my own art practice, I'm thinking of uh, those type of artists that uh, their work didn't get a chance or they didn't want to share actually their work during their life. Mm -hmm. And like after their death, um, their work gets seen. Like, I don't know, like, and I recently I watched a film um, was in terms of the form was it very TV form uh, about an artist Vivian Mayer mm -hmm. that she um, she was pretty active every day uh, uh, in terms of her practice which was photography and collect collecting archive but never she had a desire to share mm -hmm. um, that kind of relate to this question and then later on after her that. They, they became interested to find out because they figured out their negatives of uh, her works and they find out what is the story of her life and so on. And uh, also I'm thinking like um, those artists that who really would like to have audience and they would love to share their work but they don't have a, um, they're struggling because of the political situation of their own country, for example, um, these filmmakers uh, that live in their country that they don't have a permission to show their films, you know, and they're making all these productions, but they never get a chance to have audience, you know, mm -hmm. inside of their country or outside. It's interesting to share with you that um, I just got news that I forgot the name of the filmmaker, but he decided to put all of his films, which was banned, um, on his website. He was from Iran and he decided to put all these films because he couldn't get uh, show anywhere because of the censorship and the heavy censorship that uh, and restriction that is uh, in country and because he was afraid to show outside of country so he just put it on his website to, you know, it's, it's, these are interesting examples 
to yeah. look in, in relation to this question, but um, in relation to my own practice, um, I, I don't think really about audience, mm-hmm. uh, like who is my audience, mm-hmm. but like when I'm talking about it, this general audience that we are thinking about, like the audience that go, go to gallery or to cinema, but I can tell that um, there is a personal audience. And when I'm saying personal audience is totally different. I am, there is this inner dialogue mm-hmm. happening uh, through writing and images. But that inner dialogue uh, is just like conversation between you and um, another part of yourself mm-hmm. or with someone who you have personal relation. Uh, or your loved ones, or let's say your lover. Like, um, for example, uh, regarding uh, one of my experiences on film, Only Image Remains, uh, the writing is, is kind of this love letter writing, you know. So there is this uh, dialogue uh, is there, So, but it's not that type of audience that you're talking about it. I can tell that I'm not thinking um, I'm not thinking uh, what type of audience. Mm-hmm. Um, You're thinking of this one person. Yeah, it's it's more like a dialogue that you are creating this dialogue with one person or mm-hmm. uh, one part of another part of yourself. And then let's say, uh, when you share it with viewer at that point, this relationship becomes triangle relationship with the viewer. So only image remains is, uh, you sitting at a table in your apartment, and were you writing? Yeah, you were watching that. Yeah, yeah. I yes, say. yeah, I am. Yeah, I saw that right. the, I was writing. Yeah. The TIFF uh, light box reading that you had, right? Is yeah, it, yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, it is like this. There's a lot about your work that is at least it appears to be deeply personal. So there's nothing about it that feels sort of put on or imaginary. You sort of, as a viewer, get the sense that um, a lot of what you're talking about is very particular to yourself and it's kind of intimate thoughts. Um, Would that be an accurate reading of the work? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Like, I can specifically talk about, uh, like, like I think my my last work, dropping off the face of the earth, is more personal than only image remains. But um, you know, like only image remains is, is interviewing um, Iranian filmmakers uh, regarding their uh, asking their favorite choice of yeah, uh, for the history of Iranian cinema, mm-hmm. and uh, these filmmakers. Uh, they had a retrospective, uh, there was a retrospective at Freeburg International Film Festival, so I could connect uh, to them uh, be, uh, through that program. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it's uh, the interviews, I think their talk, I can say, is very passionate and rich, um, which is quite interesting. And then between all these interviews is uh, my own um, interpretation of, um, of of cinema kind of mm-hmm. but um, again uh, it's for me it's just this love letter format uh, mm-hmm. for that dialogue 
mission. But my own narration, the personal part comes from my own relationship to the cinema and my own narration. Um, the more that I look right now is, I, f- I feel like it's just like this love letter to cinema. So that, um, yeah, that love letter format is obviously, um, you know, like a singular person yourself addressing a singular, um, even if it's all of cinema, but sort of a singular uh, recipient of, of the letter. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, with your um, dropping off the face of the earth, there was a similar strategy in, in terms of narrative. So just to um, make it clear for our podcast listeners what it actually looked like in the space, there were five channels, and um, it was sort of a long, narrow gallery, and you had it separated into kind of two rooms, um, and then there was a middle room that you had constructed in the middle using curtains. And so the gallery um, goer... Um, was able to view one one projection at a time, and so one at a time would play, and then the next one would play, and the next one would play, and the next one would play, and so on, for the total of five. So yes, as a viewer, you were welcomed, like you felt very compelled to walk around in the space and view them one at a time, um, and then get this sense of uh, experience along with some of the theme themes in the work of, of this traveling from one space to another. And the story that you relay, if I recall correctly, it talks about um, moving to Prince George from Iran and being in this new place. And Yeah, um, dropping off the face of the earth is, is um, again, conversation and this inter-dialogue uh, through writing and images about home concept of home and um, one of uh, I did that five um, channel because I wanted to create this uh, atmosphere this walking journey for audience and I'm quite happy that when I got the feedback from the audience everybody shared with me that oh we we felt from one sk- traveling from one screen when we were walking from one screen to another it was like traveling from one space to another space which was a theme in the work mm-hmm. um, but in terms of uh, yeah it's um, it's this a personal story of migration, uh, inner dialogue about searching what is home and uh, and the history of land, kind of. So I found because you had these sort of smaller rooms constructed within the space and you did have to walk around, um, that really built up a sense of intimacy with the viewing as well, uh, to the point that I think I think for viewers viewing it with you, if you were in the room, it might have even been a little uncomfortable because you sort of, as a viewer, get this sense of like a bit of voyeurism into your life. Like there's not a lot of explicit details or anything like that, but there's this sense of like knowing something personal, I guess. Like you get this buildup of a, a personal narrative. I. Yeah, I'm happy to hear what you <laughs> felt from my work and, you know, I think that if I was there, maybe nobody recognized me because this space was pretty dark. Um, yeah, but, you know, I think these stories perhaps was, pers- it, it, it is personal, but it's 
type of a story that connects to other people's story. Mm-hmm. So, and everybody, when they watch it, they can relate to their own uh, story of, let's say, migration or their own interpretation of what is home. Um, I had one viewer that uh, he shared with me his feeling that um, that brings all um, suffering about the past memory for him. I think when you when you tell your personal story and when you share it with the audience, in my opinion, it's not personal anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it, it goes to the larger context and it becomes this kind of public that every audience, um, you know, uh, like they, they have this, let's say, sympathy, but also they, they, they look at their own kind of um, memory or experience. I'm hoping that that can relation can can con- and that connection can happen. That's great. That's something I hadn't really thought of, but it totally makes sense that like when you share these sort of more private and personal stories and make them public, that it becomes a bit of a site of catharsis. Yeah, because people re- tend to relate to it. It doesn't matter what the art piece is. Like people tend to they bring whatever they've got with them <laughs> to to look at it. So the work invites that. It, it invites a lot of different things, but um, again, I, I think that that kind of more intimate setting of like the, it's cinema, so it's going to be in a darkened room. Walking around, it's very contemplative. Uh, there's a lot of footage of walking. <laughs> yeah, um, a sense of movement. Yeah, it's true because uh, again, these are all feedbacks of audience that I'm sharing with you. That yeah. um, another audience told me that the physicality of work brings that intimacy, like um, because you know there is this bodily relationship to a screen that you can get closer, or walking from one screen to another mm-hmm. in room. That cinema setting uh, doesn't get, allow you that kind of walking journey. That's why I thought that I took that as opportunity, that space to create that kind of uh, journey for a viewer. But uh, I don't know, like it's, it, I'm happy that it had this kind of uh, sensual or let's say intimacy because of the physicality of the work. But I'm, um, uh, since my work is, um, emphasizing on images and narration, uh, does it mean that if it was single channel, it had different impact uh, in the gallery? And I, 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 I'm not, uh, like I think, I, I don't have resistance to show this work later in single channel, you yeah. know. Uh, the narration itself and the images itself uh, mm-hmm. can tell the story, so mm-hmm. to, to relate without, without. Yeah. Uh, well, and your reading to the narration is, um, you know, how it's read is it important. So um, you were speaking. Was Farsi. Yeah. yeah, you were speaking Farsi, and then there are subtitles, and uh, so one has to be paying attention to the subtitles. But your pacing was very poetic, and so it's easy to read and then also see the image, um, and also just nice to listen to. I think as a, as a viewer, I mean, it's it's kind of nice for your brain. 
Yeah. <laughs> but but that's again going back to that personal layer because when I'm writing, um, I really that goes back to the question of audience because I'm really not thinking about the audience. So I, I'm using the language that I feel more connected and comfortable, which is Farsi in terms of the writing, especially when it would be intimate mm-hmm. for me. And then later on, uh, I will uh, provide subtitle, mm-hmm. let's say for English uh, speaker English, and if it would be another um, another place. Um, French or, or you know any other language the subject yeah. that can come yeah uh, yeah so uh, you're an experimental filmmaker which means that your work lives um, at times in art galleries but also you do screenings at, at regular cinemas so do you think do you think about audiences differently in those two places is that something that you consider with your work uh, no, Julian. I I think I don't think about uh, um, audience like when I'm when I'm producing work. That is it for audience that goes in the gallery or in cinema. And these days, I think uh, they cross. Uh, like we see, for example, Chris Marker, uh, who had retrospective. Uh, there, his respective retrospective was at Whitechapel Gallery. Mm-hmm. So it's essay film format. And you go in the gallery and watch. And one of the another good example is Wendy Corburn work at um, uh, Barney Gallery. That it was documentary um, essay film format again, and it was I think 20 minutes. And you go and watch. So, and and this uh, artist, another example I think is a UK based artist who uh, work his essay film and uh, got Turner Prize and now has uh, a screen Locarno. So it, I think I think now we live in a world that uh, these, these contexts cross, so like gallery or cinema, that can we show a, a safe film in the gallery, even if it would be 15 minutes, 20 minutes long? Do, the, do they have their own audience? I think, yeah, you know, like it really depends on who will make the decision. But for me, um, I don't think the only thing, uh, like going back to the work of dropping off the face of the earth, I took that as an opportunity to think about the space and body the relationship of uh, viewer to the work. So it will give you this chance to do five channel installation or create this working journey. But if I want to show later that work as a single channel only for 15 minutes to come in the room and watch, I think that can happen too. So I don't think really um, about audience or about the content of the work or different type of images, but in terms of the final form of presentation, perhaps the form would there's possibilities in the gallery context that the form will be cha- changed. Like for example, we have filmmaker like Chantal Ackerman that she produced the film and many years after she made installation in the gallery mm-hmm. in a film. So I love that you brought up, you know, censorship as totally one of these things that mitigates yeah. mitigates uh, any kind of available audience, right? Yeah. Like that is no one's brought that up yet. For example, for Dancing Mania, mm-hmm. when um, I wanted to make, I didn't think about it, but when it's finished, since my sister 
uh, had to leave Iran for good. And this uh, film was about her, her film that she couldn't finish in the middle, and it was her own practice. So it was risky to make this documentary about her mm-hmm. and her own uh, her own films. So after it's finished, it was this kind of moment for me that I had to decide to put it in my drawer yeah or to just take the risk yeah you know it's it's and it was but i can i can see that there are so many filmmakers that they are facing with much bigger risk than this but um i remember that i was struggling for a short period of time i made up my mind and then because i was just like if i am outside of iran so if i don't do that that yeah. would be you know at least i I, let's take that courage to do that. Yeah. But um, it was like, okay, maybe this film that you made, it will just go to the drawer, and you never know. Maybe ten years later, someone watch it. So uh, the censorship is quite, I think, um, important factor, especially in those locations that they have difficulty to uh, present their work. Yeah. yeah. Just to play devil's ad- advocate. For you, if it had gone in the drawer, is it still counting as art? Very good question. I think so, yeah. yeah. I can say yes, because uh, definitely. Um, you know, it. You know, I have this view that every artwork has its own destiny. You know, I know that there are these external factors that play a huge role for reception of the work and exhibition of the work. But, uh, but uh, you know, the, if there is very personal reason for you to make that work, and when you finish that work, even maybe it's unconscious, you know, during making. But for me, now when I, for example, look at Dancing Mania, it's just like, Oh, this tragedy hugely affected me um, in terms of what happened for our whole family, my sister, and in terms of my relationship to home. So it had very, I had very intimate, very personal relationship to that tragedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny to share with that with you that that we are talking about that sometimes. And the film can be like a therapy and maybe an artist herself is not aware of that. I remember after finishing that film, so many changes happened in my life, like personal life, and I didn't know that how that could be effective. Yeah. And when I did therapy, I figured out, oh, like, like it had some, I don't want to say direct, but it has, it had some sort of connections for sure. Yeah.